Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Hey, and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. I'm joined here by Mr. Michael Betts. It's good to be here, Spencer. Mike, I'm glad to have you here. And we're also joined by our prestigious producer, Mr. Pierre Starr. He's taking a bow for everybody. I can confirm that. Perfect. Spencer, what are we talking about today? Do you want to talk about the uh, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp thing? I do, kind of. I do, but we don't want to. (laughs) Have you been watching any of it? I've watched a little bit of it, but... This shows you how much people pay attention to it. I had someone ask me, have you been watching that Amber Heard Johnny Depp divorce case? I'm like, this isn't about divorce. <laughs> this so, is about so, defamation is what y'all are listening to. And pooping in the bed. And defecation. Defamation and defecation. Defamation and defecation. So, and that's all she's ever going to be known for from here on out. I like know. The part that, like, I feel bad for her, but also don't, you know. Not my life, but y'all have made it public, so... And I got to be honest with you, I don't know what to believe. Like, I I was watching... So on YouTube, for some reason, the algorithms have decided that these are going to be videos that I want to watch. Probably because you looked up defecation and it was like, oh, oh he this won- trial. This trial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm an avid Googler of defecation. <laughs> yes. So I was watching the video and the caption was very misleading. The caption said something to the effect, watch Johnny Depp's attorney crucify Amber Uh Heard or something like that. And I was like, I want to watch this. Because we love watching good attorney work. I just want to see it. And the attorney, I forget her name, but it's a female attorney on Johnny Depp's defense team. And she was... Trying to catch Amber Heard, I think, in like a a lie or a lie or something. It was about the testimony was concerned Amber Heard's birthday, maybe her thirtieth birthday. They went to what's that fancy festival that Beyonce like headlined once? It's like which one? Like the film festival? Like con? No, it's or? like a music oh, in California. I feel like it's Coachella. Coachella. Thank you, Coachella. So it was like fancy. They're going you to consider co- that fancy? I don't know. I don't it's know. It's not fancy. Can... It's just a big modern day Woodstock, so to speak. But my point though is like Coachella is. is well, I yeah. feel like the Kardashians and all these like people. Like you and I could go. No, we would stick out like a sore thumb. I don't but doubt that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know we could. I yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I have some thoughts, by the way, on Coachella and that whole thing, and the Kardashians, as well as even the Queen Bee herself, Beyonce. We need to hit on those topics in later podcasts. Okay, but I'm not going to go into it right now. Noted. What I am going to talk about is Amber Heard was going to Coachella, and she was doing some stuff with her friends and. There was like a video and I'm recounting exactly what it was, but I think Amber Heard had testified to something in an interrogatory and something about Johnny Depp, like she testified at trial that he grabbed her vagina 
and like shook it or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, like it was weird. It, I was watching it. But, yeah. but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm not being inappropriate. No, like, but like, like, like this is out there. That's right. That's right. But then like she testified like that, but like in her interrogatory response, like she said, in my view, essentially the same thing. And then like that attorney was like, I gotcha. You didn't say it, did you? And she goes, no, I said the same thing. And I'm going to take Amber Heard's side. Right, I don't but, know who's right, right or wrong. I right. have not been watching what, what this. What you're saying is like, this is just such a circus. And then it just got quiet, though. Like the attorney was like, so now tell me in your interrogatory, where did you say vagina? It wasn't that. By the way, I'm not defaming anybody. Like whatever it is is what it is. But it was like words to that effect. And she's like, Amber Heard's like, page 57. And the, it's like silence. And then, like, you never ask a question. So as a baby attorney, I Even did, as a non-litigator. I did complex commercial litigation, and I was told because this sort of thing happens. Like, you may not know definitively, but, like, be really, really certain that, like, because that attorney was, I thought, doing a great job, and there was a flow. Don't let the person just kill your flow. Like, here it is. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, I think I got you. Because then it was just, like, it was weird. And like, then the attorney loots credibility. Well, and the attorney didn't have anything. She's like, oh, okay. And then she moved to something else. And then the video stopped. I was like, whoever saw that exchange and created the title completely missed the point. I just was not impressed. And so you can maybe tell them what we're actually going to talk about today. Sounds good. So based off my newest addition to my family that was born back in March, I think it's a good refresher to talk about the importance of, if you have minor kids, making sure you've got them protected upon your incapacity or death. Because obviously, being minor kids, they can't control anything, you know? And so who's going to be caring for them? Who's going to be, you know, watching over them, making their decisions for them? Well, there's ways to go about that. There's, you know, two big areas in regards to that. One is obviously who's going to be their guardian, who's going to be in charge of that child if you are no longer able to due to your incapacity or demise. The other big, big area that is always involved with this is leaving assets to a child. Those are the two big things that I wanted to address today. Let's talk about guardianship first. Typically, a lot of attorneys will focus on permanent guardian, just listing, hey, okay. If you're out of the picture, mom and or dad, who's going to care for your child? Who's going to be responsible for raising your child? And we call that the permanent guardian because they will be that in that position until that child reaches a majority age, which is the age of 18 when you become an adult. But what a lot of attorneys don't consider is, okay, that permanent guardian, say you're living here in the great city of Grapevine or the incredible city of Norman, Oklahoma, and your permanent guardian who you want to be uh, caring for your child happens to live in California. And they're going to move here because better states, you know, moving here from California, kind of like our producer, Pierre, moved from California to Texas because he's like, that is the best state next to Oklahoma a little bit. I heard that uh, Texas, though, is closing its borders to Californians. Is that true? Uh, so Pierre got in under the wire. Is that Perfect. true? Is that true? What's, what's going on? It I actually, we're shipping them all to Oklahoma. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. So anyways, 
obviously, if something happens to you, that person's got to travel over a thousand miles to get there. Well, they can't get there immediately. So what would happen if you've only listed the permanent guardian to be where your child will go into custody for? Well, the child could end up in the custody of the state because no one's there that has legal authority to care for your child. So what can you do? Well, you can actually do what we call a temporary guardian and say, okay, look, until the permanent guardian is here to be able to take custody of the child, I've nominated, well, be silly, next door neighbors. Because next door neighbors, they're here, keep the child safe until whoever we've listed can get here in time. Why is that important? Well, keep the kid out of custody of the state would be a really good thing for the fact of that's not always the best thing. It's a scary situation. One, you've lost mom and or dad. That child's already in a very traumatic state. Two, putting them in custody of someone they don't know that's really going to cause other issues for them. Temporary guardian is kind of like that. Fill in the gap until you can complete everything. Super, super important. Now, not everybody needs a temporary guardian due to the fact of all their guardians that they've listed, maybe family that live real close by, things of that nature. Kind of like me and my wife, all of our family that we have listed lives really close by in regards to that. So that makes it easy. But I do have a client that lives here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that their guardians are in El Paso. That's an eight to nine hour drive. I've made it. It's not fun. But that's eight to nine hours that has got to fill that gap. So something always important to consider when meeting with your attorney, helping set up your plan for your minor children, should you have them. Super simple guardianship. Make sure you've got something listed for the kids. Now, one other thing, don't just consider listing guardians in your will for the fact of you may not die immediately. You may become incapacitated. So that will has no bearing on anything until you die. So it's important to utilize other documents such as powers of attorney or declaration of guardianship for minor children to make sure that there's something in place that can properly function due to your incapacity. Now, part two to this that we want to talk about is leaving money to minors. Yeah, that's the area, Spencer, that I think is a question that I get all the time asked by folks, because obviously we recommend, if you've got minors, we recommend a trust. It's crucially important. It's just worth it to do it. But sometimes people, they have their questions. Right. They're trying to find maybe other solutions that could fit a gap. So I get asked questions all the time about what happens if, let's say, I name my kiddo. Maybe the kiddo turns 18 in a year. The kiddo's 17. The client's like, I'm okay if the kid gets everything at 18 because we want to avoid probate, right? right? That's the goal. We've talked about that. Yep. That's, that's one of our goals. Avoiding going goal. to court. Yeah. And so they say, you know what? I've got a 17-year-old. I just want to leave everything to him. I'm going to name him as a death beneficiary on my bank account that has $100,000. And that's the only thing. That's what I want to do. Like in that scenario, Spencer, what would that client need to know? Keep that scenario or that hypothetical in your mind as you're talking about the gifts to minors. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So with that, obviously you could technically list your minor child as the beneficiary on that account. Now, the issue is, is then that child receiving those funds becomes a little cumbersome. 
because now we've got a miner owning funds. So who's going to be in charge of those funds? Well, under the Uniform Transfer to Miners Act, there's got to be a custodian appointed. Now, there's different ways of appointing a custodian. In regards to that, there's some institutions that allow you to fill out a form designating who the custodian is. Could be the guardian of the minor child or the guardian of the minor child could appoint a custodian. But someone has to be in charge of those funds for that minor's benefit. It's not for that custodian to be benefiting from it. It's for the minor to benefit from. Now, obviously, each state's a little bit different, so you'll want to review your state actual rules. But here's one of the things is that, Mike, I know you were looking up Oklahoma. I looked up Texas. Those funds would be held for that minor until they're 21. Yeah, Oklahoma's the same way. So, yep. so even if you wanted everything to go to that minor at the age of 18, you might have screwed that up a little bit here. And now it's three more years that they've got to deal with this. So in a nutshell, let's say dealing with minors is complicated because a minor, aside from the guardian issues, we're just going to talk the money issues, the property, ownership of stuff. They don't have capacity to do that. And so that's the challenge. So we have this quote unquote uniform law that is supposed to make it easier for minors to hold property, but they don't hold property. Because again, they don't have the capacity to do right. it. You got to have a custodian. So, in my hypothetical, might have avoided probate because one of the exceptions to probate is payable on death on a bank account. And I listed the kiddo. Well, if I get hit by a truck the next day and my kiddo is 17 years old, well, the Spencer pointed out in Oklahoma and Texas, and this is a uniform law, so this is not for legal advice. We say it all the time, and we would never like advise people on states that we're not licensed in. In other states, I think it's a pretty good shot to say it's 21. It's why they like, you know, the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. It's kind of like... We're going to take a short break, but we'll return with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a Certified Public Accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817 421 0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com. My name is Kaya and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kyle wants a piece of pie. And we're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. 
the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. You know, the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act, it's kind of like a big group all over the U.S. came up with these rules, and a lot of states have adopted it, if not all of them. And now they may have their little nuances, but it was kind of one of those majorities of, yeah, we all like this. We're going to try and keep it across the board. Also kind of like the ABA, American Bar Association rules for professional conduct, pretty much all the states have adopted that with little nuances, but it's pretty much uniform across the board. So with that, for the Transfer to Minors Act, yes, pretty uniform across the board, but you're still putting restrictions on it. Now, here's a potential concern too, Mike, and I actually dealt with this up in Oklahoma. Now, it wasn't through the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. It was through a divorced couple. So the situation was couple was divorced. Mom and dad still had joint custody, but mom, when she passed away, obviously dad got custody of the kids. One minor, one was an adult. But the mom in her will said, hey, anything I'm leaving my children, my mom, so grandma, will be in control over the funds. And the concern was dad would blow through the money, use it inappropriately. And so if, you know, listing that just payable on death beneficiary, someone could get their hands on it that you may actually not want. So that could be a potential concern of who that custodian will be, because you don't get to pick if you don't fill it out properly. So I think that that case that I had up in Oklahoma was a great example of the importance of thinking about the two different things of, okay, who's going to raise my children? And who's going to be in charge of the money? Because that is not always needs to be the same person for different reasons. One, person that's raising the kids may be really great at nurturing and loving on kids, but they may be horrible with money. And then the person that's really good with money may not be very nurturing at all. So it's important to think about that of you can actually split that up and it allows for a good checks and balance as well. So that way it's not just one person in charge of the funds and the kids. Because I've seen it both ways where that person either inappropriately uses the funds or doesn't use the funds because they feel it's their obligation to financially care for the child until they reach that certain age and then they can get their money. That's not what it's there for. The money is there for to help care for the child because let's admit it, Mike, kids are expensive. Yeah. They are. They are. And that's what that money's there for, that you were able to leave to help carry that burden, so to speak of you not being able to be there to raise your kids. So is the Uniform Transfer to Minor Act helpful? Absolutely. But you've got to make sure you're using it correctly if you're going to utilize it. That's right. And that goes with anything, even with the trust. If you're going to utilize the trust, make sure you're setting it up correctly for your family. I guess here's the question. We want to nominate a guardian for the kiddo to make sure that the kiddo's taken care of. And so we nominate a guardian And we would nominate a custodian also. Now, the guardian is also the custodian. So under the Uniform Transfer of the Minors Act, in my hypothetical, the bank has property of the minor, right? Right. Like our client has named. I guess it's very important. Your state planning is not done if you've got a minor stopping at. I provided for them in the payable on death on my $100,000 deal. Like you need to do what your state requires to nominate a guardian for that child, right? So once the guardian is appointed, like so I pass away, a guardian's appointed for my son, 
And that guardian under the Uniform Transfer to Minor Act then would get paid by the bank, correct? That's my understanding, yes. Yep. The guardian is right. acting as custodian. Doesn't that take time? Because your, your will or if it's a different instrument that the state requires. For like, appointing like the guardian. To appoint the yep. guardian. If you do that, you're just saying what your wish is. Yeah. But you still need to go to the court to get to the legal authority. Effectuate that. Right. And see, kind of to touch on the will a little bit differently is a lot of people have had the misconception over the years of, hey, I've got a will that says who my beneficiary is and who's my executor or personal representative. So it shouldn't have to go through court. Well, that's not true. The reason being is because that personal representative or executor does not have the legal authority to act on behalf of the estate until a court grants them authority. Same thing for the guardian. So I guess where I'm going is if you've got minor children, I mean, you need to be very specific about those gifts to them and like delineate exactly who the custodian is going to be. And I think maybe we need to nominate in addition to a guardian because the guardian doesn't go into effect until there's a document that says it. But a custodianship can go into effect sooner than that. I think what we need to be doing is nominating these as custodians. You need to be doing a trust first and foremost. If you're going to utilize this, go to the institution and talk to them about, okay, I'm listing my minor child. When I die and my child is still a minor, how will things progress? Because each institution may also have other hurdles, so to speak. And if you can get that laid out, that plan laid out, obviously, before something happens to you, that's what makes things easier for your family. It's this last section that says, and I'm talking Oklahoma, $10,000. If a custodian can't do it, I just like a trust. The trusts just are the better vehicles. Because nothing gets frozen. Nothing gets frozen because it, it already has been transferred out, right? And it's yep. just the smoke and mirrors of it all because we're magicians That's and right. superheroes. As attorneys, we can make this happen. And we're doctors, don't forget. We are doctors. So all you doctors listening out there, we're doctors. We're doctors. We're doctors of the law. Thank you, Dr. Spencer. You're welcome, Dr. Betts. Okay, doctor. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Do you want to be a doctor or do you want me to call you professor? Professor Chafin. I want Esquire. You like Esquire? No, I don't. Let me show you the etymology of Esquire. And then we're going to finish the stuff. Because we have hit the high points, like the importance of making sure you've got a plan in place, whatever that may be. Like, obviously, we're giving you many examples of what you can do and with our recommendations on how to do it. But that's the beauty of what we do, Mike, is each client we meet with, Every plan looks different. And so we get to see something different every day. Yeah, no, that's true. And I was trying to use an example before I tell everybody why Esquire is maybe not as desirable a term as, as, as people we, think it as is. We want it to be. My big struggle is I want to try to help patients, doctor. <laughs> I try to help our clients accomplish what they need to be accomplished. And I try to do it as like, inexpensively as possible. And because efficiently. And efficiently. And trust, we've talked about this, trusts people because I think like while we understand our demise will eventually come, like we've been cursed with this self-awareness and our ability to think about the future, we're still pretty short-sighted because we don't like thinking about that. 
I think we do try to live as much in the moment as we can. And so a trust comes with some sticker shock as a estate planning vehicle. And so what I do find talking to clients is trying to articulate and explain to them why that is truly, in a sense, like it's an investment for your kids doing this and peace of mind for you. Because I know this is something that weighs so heavily on my head for my kid as parents. We care about that, right or wrong. And so this is an example I get, and I try to walk through it with the clients. And it's important for them to know, like, planning is super important, but planning the right way. Because let's say we have a plan, and I've named a guardian, and I have a will. Because these are good plans, by the way. Like, wills are fine plans. Like, if people have a will, I've appointed my guardian, I've got all my affairs in order, and it's according to what the law and will accomplish the things that you want. At the end of the day, though, there might be some heartache and some hassle that if you had known about it, you would have said, you know what, I didn't want that. And I think the trust like solves the entire problem. The property to minors, that's my big concern, is the property to minors. And the trust, it just, for me, makes the trust even that much more powerful of a tool. And until you really sit down and think about it, it's assets, liquid assets could get held up. And I don't think anybody wants that. I think that's an important concept. So so as we're sitting here, I come to these realizations. And Spencer, I say this to you to see if you disagree with anything I said, or do you agree with what I was saying? I agree with you, Mike. Thank you. And I agree so, with you. So now let me tell you why I'm not going to call you an Esquire. So the term Esquire is really from a squire, and a squire is the shield bearer for a knight, but not a knight. Like, do you want to be the knight's lackey. Haven't you ever seen that movie? Pierre's laughing at me, but... A Knight's Tale? A Knight's Tale. Our boy goes in and becomes a great knight, and he's But he got, lied. He had to lie. He's a liar. Like, after I see that, like, the knights are the big dogs, and the squires... Are the peons. And then maybe a squire might eventually become a knight and have an opportunity. Or the squire, like, might come across like a a sword in a stone and become (laughs) King Arthur. Who knows what could happen? But I don't want to take that to chance. I want to be the knight. So call me sir. Are we done? Oh, oh, did you guys hear that in the background? You might have heard a ghost. That was uh, Pierre saying, talking movies again. But anyway, you could be Spencer Esquire. Call me Sir Michael. No. Yeah, Sir Michael. Doctor. Oh, okay. I'll be doctor. I, I'll either be a doctor. But for the record, yeah. while we could be doctors, because we are doctors, yeah. a physician can never be an attorney, a squire, an oh, esquire. There you go. <laughs> and now I hope all of our listeners come back for our next episode, which who knows what we'll talk about. There's no Movies, telling. more than likely movies like we always do. We talk the scent of our forefathers. Yeah. We talk about movies. We talk about sometimes the law. Sometimes we talk about legislation. You never know what it's going to be covered. So, Spencer, thank you for doing this with me again. Mike, it's always a pleasure. I've missed you. I've missed you too. And I hope our listeners have missed us. They have not missed us. I haven't seen any fan mail. Not any fan like, mail. Where's Mike and Spencer? Yeah. Like, I've, we've been asking, I think, for fan mail for how long now? So, this is episode 23 or 24. 
fan email even like email right email that's like i'm not even asking you to pull out a pen and paper just like type some words i'll email myself great job great job spencer well doctor doctor it was a pleasure thank you until next time we're out